Hello and welcome to the Codec Moments podcast. I'm Andy Brown and with me today is Dr. Matthew Holt. Hello! I'm at Clinical Andy on Twitter if you're interested and he... what are you? I am at Codec Moments. <laughs> so um, if you want to chat to either of us, then just hit us up on Twitter under that. So the other day we did a podcast on some of the new games that are coming out at the beginning of November, so middle of November. Uh, well, beyond, well beyond the beginning of November now, which is terrifying. Yeah, no, yeah, there were so many coming out that we quite fancied playing and realised just exactly how busy it was after a busy end of October as well. The one we were both definitely getting was Battlefront 2. Yeah, definitely. And I don't care what you say, we were, so whatever. But, but we got into a really, we got into a really long discussion about the whole loot box unlocking heroes yeah, is, is it right? Thing. Is it wrong? The morality of EA, the intricacies of business. Yeah, it went on a little bit too long to put into the one podcast. So we thought we'd chop that out and serve that up to you here. Yeah, have a listen and see whether any of it resonates with you or whether you just think we're talking a load of rubbish and um, are just corporate shills. <laughs> What's the controversy then? Because I think I've missed this, and I, I guess part of it is the heroes. Now you have to unlock them with coin, right? Is that is that right? In game credits? Yeah. There's two things that I've seen over the last couple of days. There's obviously review copies of hit various publications, and um, and they're starting to talk about it. So we've got the loot crate fury anyway from the internet in general because you know nobody likes loot crates, you know, especially things that have just cosmetic items in them and don't really change anything from what you're doing. And the bit that has come out today is that some, if not all, of the heroes and villains are locked up until you can afford to buy them and unlock them. So tackling the loot great piece first, obviously they've taken out the weapons and more powerful items that you can get from them. They did a bit of balancing after the demo. So they've nerfed it based on people's response, is that right? Yeah, so after the demo, feedback was, well, that isn't really fair because you could potentially buy these loot crates and unlock these weapons before everybody else. So you've got faster, a faster, not quite leveling because you're not leveling your character up any quicker, but faster access to certain things. Uh, which, you know, EA have been doing for how long? <laughs> a decade since Burnout Paradise where they had the time saver packs where you could just pay your money and unlock everything. Well, the same with all the, the Battlefield games, wasn't it? You could unlock the, the soldier or the yeah, medic. and unlock all the associated weapons and attachments. So, it, you know, it's not something new, but people weren't happy, so they, they changed a bit of it, and now they've made it, so it caps at the kind of stuff that's released, so it's, it's relatively low level. You still have to work at the game and level up before you can do certain things and operate certain weapons, which is, which is fine. It's kind of that progressive unlock that you'd expect. Which, again, not really anything new in a game. You just play and unlock. COD's been doing it for years, but you go back to games well before that genre-changing game turned up, and, and you used to have to work at something to get new weapons or new characters. I mean, um, how many first-person shooters have we played where you had to complete it or finish certain levels to get characters? Time, time splitters did it. You had to do certain activities to get certain characters open. Yeah, that's, that's true, but they... They didn't offer a cash alternative, and it wasn't a multiplayer game in that respect. So I, I can see why it irritates people. Amount of play to unlock a character isn't something new. I think what's really hit today is that people weren't expecting it, and they weren't thinking that you would have to actually earn some in-game coin 
and then pay to say, right, I want that hero first, then I want that one, then I want that one. And so now now there's concerns yeah. about how much time it's going to take to get to that kind of level. And interestingly, and uh, there is no clear response on this, there's no definitive answer from any reliable source, but somebody's put something out there that says, oh, well, you can't unlock this hero until you've played 40 hours. But then contradictory, I've seen people say, well, hang on, actually, I've been playing for a bit, and I can see it would take two to three hours. I guess it depends on how well you play, how much you play, do you have any boosters, because that that seems to be a big thing in games at the moment. I know the the other Battlefront had boosters, Yeah, they have booster booster packs, so you can double your XP and things like that, wouldn't it? Rainbow Six Siege is a good example, because it's it's a similar thing there with its uh, season DLC. Oh yeah, and you had to um, you had to win the cash to unlock. You though. can buy the season pass and unlock everything and get early access, or you can unlock them through playing, through earning yeah. renown. I think someone worked out it's about twenty to twenty five hours of gameplay per operator. Yes, without boosters, it's a big commitment. Yeah, for people who you know, I won't say all right, I won't say casual gamers, but people who don't have that amount of time. So is it is it with this? Is it forty hours per character? Or is it just, you know, one of the higher, bigger characters is 40 hours, but actually others are going to unlock a lot sooner? That's, that's the thing. In fairness, something to look at hands of the game, I don't really know. It's something that a lot of people find distasteful. And there is, there is very much a... I, I say there's a very much a backlash against EA with this, but there's always a backlash against EA. They can never do anything right. It's not just EA. And I'm not saying... I'm not saying they get everything right either. But... It isn't something that's just specifically them. We're in new territory this generation, and it's not it's not just EA. Ubisoft are doing it. I'm sure there's a lot of developers and um, publishers doing it. So don't you know? Don't have a go at no. me for singling anyone out in particular. But we've gone from the life cycle of a game being development, shipment, maybe some DLC, to well, it, there's there's a life, you know, there is now a, a life cycle of the product and they want it to continue earning yeah. money as long as they support it. So they're, they're building these mechanics into the game and sometimes they're a bit clumsy, sometimes they get it right. Yeah, I'm struggling I, to think of any really good examples at the moment, if I'm honest. I, I think you've already touched on one. I think Rainbow Six Siege did it. It's still got a massively strong player base. We both went for the season pass rather than playing the length of time required to have the extra characters, operators, yeah, and the maps. And it was unobtrusive. It, it, it guided you. You knew you were locked off behind certain things, but you didn't feel completely pressured into doing it. You just tended to sit there and go, oh, God, I really wish I could use them. So you, we, we ended up doing it. We went for the season pass so that we could have access. Um, and I think it implemented yeah. it really well. It kept the player base. It made the changes required when they needed to. They've gone on to the season two of content and there are still people there supporting it and the, the the development costs are being well recouped in that. That's a big thing at the moment. I think making these games multi-million dollar enterprises more so than they've ever spent on making games in the past. You think of something like Star Wars with the licensing and everything that goes with it, you do have an opportunity to bring more money in and they're doing that. Are they doing it in the right way? They're not doing it in the best way, like you said, but it's, doing a very right, commercial, it's a totally different way. proposition to what we had in the last generation. There was this outrage in the last generation about the one-time use codes so that you couldn't 
really do online with second-hand games unless you paid them an extra, usually about 10 quid, the 10 quid pass. There's always going to be something. That went away? It did when we switched generation. Yeah. But for me, with something like Battlefront 2 and God's done it, Shadow of Mordor's done it, and they're like, oh, is there another one? Is, is uh, Assassin's Creed Origins do it as well? This, this loot crate piece is optional. If you don't want to buy them, you don't have to. Yes, you might need to play a bit more. But they don't lock off the game. It's only at the point when they do start locking off the game behind paid content that they shouldn't be doing when it gets really dubious. I guess what's more galling about Battlefront 2, though, is that they... And we talked about the change in mechanic, actually. So the going from picking up the icon and then randomly getting distributed to either a you know a, a starfighter or a hero character and and that would be there'd be some random element to that they've taken that away and that was a good thing we both commented on on that. well that's a good thing yeah, you, yeah, know, it you, was. Can, it was. you can now pick your hero when you've you know when you've met the prerequisite criteria i guess i kind of thought well actually will it be certain heroes in each level or how will that work i didn't realize perhaps it was going to be you'd have to unlock them that's naivety on my part, I imagine. Yeah, again, that's what we've got to see what the extent is. Is it just the really high-end heroes you've got to work towards unlocking, or we don't know. We do, we just don't know yet, do we? I guess that's my concern, Matthew, is that if, if I don't play enough of the game, am I only going to be able to play as Jar Jar Binks? Or play as Jar Jar Binks, or play like Jar Jar Binks? Because I know the answer to that one. <laughs> that's, that's, that's two very different things. <laughs> no, but what if I can only be Jar Jar? Me's a hero. Then you'll never be Jar Jar. <laughs> the thing is, right or wrong, is it going to harm sales of it? We don't know. If people genuinely don't like it, and in, in fairness, with anything like this, the vocal majority of people are just that, they're the hardcore vocal. The comment that EA put on Reddit in response to somebody's criticism of this has become the most downvoted comment in Reddit history. Now, was that, the, was that the sensible, just genuine, we understand what you're saying, we will keep looking at this comment, or is it the one where some... No, no, because it was Twitter where the guy put out something ridiculous, wasn't it? It basically just dismissed the criticism and had to apologise. But the Reddit comment, I thought, was fairly well-reasoned. But I think it says there's a lot of backlash about it. And a lot of that's going to be EA hate, I'm sure. Oh but, no! I I, you know. I think I think that is a big chunk of it. There's an absolute level of vitriol for EA because they have this reputation. This was the comment I think, and this is what got a lot of people's ire: was uh, heroes earned through credits. The intent is to provide players with a sense of pride and accomplishment for unlocking different heroes. We selected initial values based upon data from the open beta, and other adjustments made to milestone rewards before launch. So um, they're looking at factors including average per player credit rates on a daily basis and um, they say they're going to make constant adjustments to assure that players have challenges that are compelling, rewarding and of course attainable via gameplay. Yeah. I think it's that line to um, provide players with a sense of pride and accomplishment for unlocking different heroes. And I, I do get that. If it takes you 40 hours of gameplay to unlock Darth Vader, that is yeah. an accomplishment. But it's not one a lot of people who wanted i guess i don't know are they setting the bar too high because Again, they want we are we are back to one comment that says it's 40 hours without any empirical evidence no no, no we don't up. know that we don't know that for a fact okay but this is my concern and this is i think where 
the balance between micro microtransaction. Is it a microtransaction? No, because you don't have to spend anything. DLC. This, this is the thing. The, the bit we're talking about, the characters locked until you have earned enough in-game currency. Yeah, but if you can buy in-game currency to unlock them earlier... I right? think well, it's it that balance. It's that balance to be had between, is this actually genuinely achievable for the masses? Is this something that's going to actually encourage people, in which case, you know, people will have a sense of pride and accomplishment? Or is it slightly cynical and they're setting the bar deliberately just that little bit too high so people will go, do you know what? I really want that character. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna pay for it. Well and that I, is I think and I think cash. that is what's really riling people up because I think they feel that actually this is a money grab rather than an effort to to make people yeah. work well, the cash, a little bit harder for it. The the cash comes in the loot crates, doesn't it? I believe it's random, but you do get you do get cash in the but loot crates. You can crates, buy so the loot it crates. could encourage people <laughs> To do, but it's not a direct purchase, so you're taking a bit of a gamble, I suppose, on whether you're yeah. going to get what you want. But no doubt, if you spend money on the loot crates, you're going to end up with more cash than if you just played the game on its own. I don't know anything about the loot crates. So are they tiered? Can you buy Can you buy better loot crates if you pay a little bit more money? Uh, can you buy you a know gold what? standard loot crate? I don't know. No, no, I don't. I haven't seen anything. I, I thought they were all just the same. It's just the content of them. It's a random drop. But you get materials, you get star cards, and you get cash. Maybe it's the cynical part of me that comes from working in the pharmaceutical industry, but there's just a little bit of me that's saying there's potentially people in these publishers going, right, here's the enjoyment frustration curve. We want to pitch it just high enough on the frustration curve that uh, these people crack and burst more money. They might well be. They've collected a lot of data from us playing our games over the years. Arguably, they could know exactly where to pitch it yeah. to maximise profit, and I'm not saying that they would. Well, let's, but you let's would, it, wouldn't you? <laughs> you would. I would. Yeah. Yeah. You, you find a, that exact sweet spot. And yes, EA getting the berating because of it, but virtually, you said it already, virtually every publisher is doing the same. They're finding some way to sell more unnecessary content to players. Is it harming sales of games? I don't think it is. We've got no evidence that it is. Maybe this is where we all take a stand. Maybe we should cancel that pre-order, Matthew. <laughs> well, I'm not, I'm not going to buy any loot crates. I have a, a small amount of restraint, and I don't tend to buy anything like that. I don't spend those that extra bit, or no microtransactions. I never have done. I'm happy enough with the game as is and to play at it. And if I really want to unlock a hero, I will, I'll go for it, and I'll find the best way of doing it. <laughs> for the amount we played Battlefront, I very, very rarely ever played as a hero, so it doesn't make much difference <laughs> to me. I'm used to being a stormtrooper or a rebel anyway. They're all doing it. I suppose nobody else is doing it with Star Wars, though. And it's just its close to people's heart, isn't it? It's a its a red-button topic. It, it is. But the people who are really vocal about it who will genuinely not play the game because they're so upset about it such a small fraction of a percentage of the sales that it takes a lot more than just just that noise to change something. You really do have to get the masses to stop buying it to make any difference to the publishers. And that's a challenge. That that is really, really tough to do. Yeah, we're not saying that's right, you know, we're just saying how do you do that? Yeah. If people didn't spend the money in the game on anything else 
whether it's outfits, whether it's weapons, whether it's extra abilities, whether it's emotes, and I'm not just talking about Battlefront here, I'm talking about anything. If people didn't spend the money, the developers wouldn't put it in, and the publishers wouldn't insist that the developers put it in. Yeah, because it wouldn't be, wouldn't be worth their time to actually... It would not be worth to ...develop it. Yeah. And we know that people do. Destiny does it. If a Destiny 2, what was the level of microtransactions in that? You you bought that? I'll be honest, I never really thought about the microtransactions in it, even. Yeah, see, you don't have to worry about these things. It shouldn't put you off buying a game. Just be conscious that you don't want to spend any extra. Thanks, Abra. Should we move over that one? <laughs> That's been most of the conversation. Was <laughs> Ron microtransactions? <laughs> and and, and I'll, hands up, I haven't got far enough into it to work out whether you pay with real money or not. But having to buy golf balls in everybody's golf that wear out over time, I thought was a bit cheeky. I didn't, I, you know, I didn't even realise that. Yeah, I, but I don't know if you just buy them with like an in-game currency. I think you might buy them with gold coins. But I'm sure you can buy extra coins, can't you? So, th- so things like it's, th- it's, it's everywhere. It's absolutely everywhere. Yeah, everybody is doing it. There must be money in it somewhere. It's like like the chalk for Hustle Kings. Hustle yeah. <laughs> Kings was particularly bad, actually, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah it was. So, so yeah, there's uh, it is all over the place. Don't buy into it if you don't like it. And and genuinely, if you're really puffed by it, like we said, don't buy the game. You're not forced to. Okay, so it's a couple of days later, and it's worth noting that since we recorded the majority of information in this podcast, EA have actually changed their minds. Yeah, yeah, and then you say since we recorded, actually it was whilst we were recording, the news broke that they've cut <laughs> the cash requirement for unlocking some of the heroes. And when you say cash, you mean in-game credits? I mean right? in-game credits, yes. I'm not talking about real-world cash here. I'm just talking in-game in-game credits. And they've cut it by a quarter, I believe, as it moved from something like 20,000 credits down to five. The top heroes, they've cut the amount of credits you need by 75%. Yes, cut it to a quarter, sorry. I got my words mixed up. I think I made the point about is have they have they been balancing the game so it's a true test of people's achievement or... Is it a cynical attempt to force people into buying loot boxes so they get credits? Slashing it by 75% does make me fear it's the cynical side. And I, I... That's a big margin to cut it by on the first attempt. They have, they've said, oh, you know, well, the change is a constant. We're going to be constantly monitoring these things and change it. But to come straight off the bat and say, all right, then we'll, we'll, we'll cut it down by 75%. Oh, it doesn't... It doesn't look good to begin with, does it? No, but it goes back to what we originally said at the start of recording this couple of days ago. Given the opportunity, we tried the same. It's recouping costs. Now, if they've been caught out, they've been caught out. And rather than risk continual damage to the potential sales of the game, and in fairness, wouldn't surprise me if there was a little bit of pressure from DICE somewhere as well to say, come on, what are you doing? Because you know, we've put the effort in yet we're going to suffer. They have gone, yeah, drastic action needed. I get that, but are you not fed up with them hiding behind the guise of wanting to give gamers a, a true challenge and a sense of achievement? You know, why not say, look, we need, you know, we've paid a lot of money to make this. We need to make it back so we can make more games. Why not just be honest about that? Because, honestly, those gamers are an entitled bunch and we don't like paying more. That's, that's what it's coming down to. Strip out, well, in fact, no, include the cost of inflation 
because games now are the same price they were 15, 20 years ago. They have not increased in line with inflation. We should really be paying £60, £65 per game in the UK for a brand new release if you're tracking it alongside. Yet, games have become more complicated, um, they've become bigger, more expensive, all other costs have increased. So I am I'm not surprised that they're trying to get as much cash out of it as possible. These things are a business for these big AAA games. These are not little indie titles which are done for love. They are done as a business. And so, yeah, we, we can call them out on it as much as we like. Lots of people are doing. But ultimately, they are trying to make money. And they're going to try and do it in any which way they can. And it's up to us on whether we pay that or not. That is the main thing. It's up to us whether we part with it. And, you know, hide, it's a good phrase. They're hiding behind this. Oh, we were making it challenging. I couldn't care less whether they're making it challenging. I'm getting the game. I'm not going to grind it for 60 or 70 hours to open up all the heroes. I'm just going to enjoy what I have. Because that's usually what I do with multiplayer games. I don't prestige on COD or anything like that. I just enjoy what's there. They can hide behind that. If they were more honest, I I don't know if it would garner them any favour with the community. I really don't. Because I think everybody's just dead set against them. Now, it's EA. They're evil. Let's not believe anything they say. So I, I think they're in a no-win situation with it. They, they either shouldn't have put it in to begin with, if they realised there were going to be this amount of backlash, they should have just kept it sensible. Or, well, yeah, I'll stick to the guns and see what actually happened on release, which obviously they're too afraid of doing. There's a bit of touch of the Wild West about it all, though, isn't there? I think we're in uncharted territory. We um, I, I, Developers clearly need to, to make up these margins somehow, and you look at how... Look at how aggressively they're they're treating studios. So a couple of weeks down the line, we now know Visceral was clearly um, a victim of of them buying. Was it Respawn? Yeah, yeah. Respawn had been bought. I'm guessing that you know some dead weight had to be cut. Yeah, I can't defend EA as they are, but I can come at it from a retail point of view. I work in in effect retail, and I know the last minute spur-of-the-moment decisions that are made if you think you're not going to achieve your sales, if you think you're not going to do what you're supposed to do. I'm not saying this is right or wrong, I'm just saying the way it is. It happens in every single industry, and that can be as late as the point you have already shipped it out of the door. I've seen numerous instances in my industry where we're having to correct things after customers have started buying it. That is no different now to video games. So The fact that you can patch things and change things server-side means they are taking advantage of that fact. Again, not saying whether that's right or wrong or whether they should or shouldn't be doing it. And arguably, they're reaching a much larger audience that are likely to tell them if they're messing them around. But it's, um, I can see why it happens. That's, that's the thing. It's just, it's unfortunate. I, I do get that. And, and I've put a pre-order in for Battlefront 2 now because I want to play it. I want, pew, pew, pew. <laughs> I, I'm not going to make any excuses for that. I want to play it. Yeah. I don't necessarily agree with all of this, but then, you know, I, I probably wasn't gonna, I probably wasn't gonna bother with the unlocks anyway. Rainbow Six Siege, I've admitted that I bought the season one pass for that because I because I wanted that, yeah, and I made a value on the judgment of that. In fact, I think I bought it when it was in a sale. I think it's just that. <laughs> I still feel, I just feel like maybe they should embrace the value added. Rather than making it a, a really obvious money grab, why not make people feel they're getting, you know, some some additional value that they're 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 paying to, I don't know, give give a bit more. Yeah. 
It's, I hate to say give a bit back because I've paid forty-five quid for this game. Yeah, but it, so, it's no, no. It's a, it's a really, really. Why tough should I? One. Why should I have to feel like I should give something back right. to the developers? I have given them nearly fifty quid already. <laughs> so, it, right, if, it, if there's going to be if there's going to be anything else I can spend money on, or anything that's going to channel me to spend money in the game. Make it a value-added prospect. Make it something that I really genuinely don't kind of feel a bit dirty about paying money for. Make it, so, I don't know, make it horse armour. So maybe they... Tonton armour. This bit will get completely overlooked and no doubt slated as we move down the line, depending on the quality. But all maps and all future single-player content is free. So whatever their roadmap is for release over the next six months to a year nobody's having to pay for any extra content because they want to stop that fragmentation of the player base. But to keep on with that development and everything else, you either either get your money up front with a higher price game or you have some kind of mechanism to bring the money in and run the servers and keep the developers going. And is it the right way to do it? It might be. Giving out continual free content, which is what Rainbow Six has done and a few others have, have managed to do that, is it probably the right way to go to keep people playing. Have they gone about launching it in the right way and having the right message to the audience to begin with? I think that's a no. And if it sounds like we're a bit on the fence, it's because we are a bit on the fence. We <laughs> yeah. we want we we kind of object to the way they've gone about doing it, but we still want to play the game. I'm not gonna you know, we're not gonna sugarcoat that. Pew pew pew. Yeah. Yeah. I it's it's a really, really tough one. I I've got principles. That I won't pay for something but, that I don't that I really am not going to use. But equally, I'm a big Star Wars. I'm a big Star Wars fan. I am going to buy yeah. this and I am going to play it and I am going to enjoy it. Hi, me again from the future. Since we recorded that last bit, which was a since we recorded that bit before, EA have come out and this time said actually they're going to remove all in-app purchases, all in-game purchases uh, until further notice. Oh, again, is it they've really, really misunderstood their true player base and they want to make amends, or is it just cynically they need to get on top of this story and let's just wait until everything's died down and, and we can reintroduce at that stage? No, I know exactly what it is. They're just screwing with our recording schedule. That's a good point, actually. Each time we're ready to put this out, they change it and we have to record a bit extra and then yeah. edit it in and then delay the release and... Oh, curse you, EA. Yeah, maybe they are Evil Corp after all. This podcast has been so long in, in progress, I can't even remember what the point of it was when we started. So anyway, the point is, there's now no paid-for loot crates. You can still get the daily loot crate, and you can still buy them with in-game yeah. credits. Yeah, there's no no perceived pay-to-win. There's no potential risk around certain countries in Europe declaring it as gambling, but it will probably only be for a short time before they find a way of rebalancing it and then re-enabling it. And the lawyers get to the bottom of it all. Yeah. Or until um, until Mr. Disney gets his own way, because it sounds like that's what happened, didn't it? The chief executive of Disney rang up the chief executive of EA and said, sort this out. And maybe that's that's not a bad thing about the franchise being in, uh, in their hands. Oh, no. They are very, very controlling, uh, which <laughs> is not always a bad thing. Right. So I'm thinking, Matt, just to future-proof this, Let's spitball a few potential changes that EA could make between now and recording, just so that if it happens, we can we can just edit them and chuck them in. What do you reckon? Uh, all right. Let's, let's go with... So EA have made Battlefront 2 
free to play and given free Jar Jar Binks DLC to every uh, every player as a as a thank you or sorry, whichever is more appropriate. Yeah, that was very nice of them. Um, we didn't expect that at all from EA. Well done, them. You give us one. Since the last time we recorded this, EA have announced that. I should put me on the spot. I've now got to think of one. <laughs> They've announced that there's going to be a major FIFA crossover and that the Ultimate Team will now feature within the Star Wars universe and you can have Ronaldo play with a lightsaber. Fantastic. And also, just briefly joining us is Laps Gamers, Stuart Neal. Hello. Give us some EA nonsense, just in case they, they make a change to the, the game before we put this podcast out. Well, I have recently heard that EA have announced for Battlefront 2 that they are actually employing the Westwood Studio team, and you can now run an in-game version of Command & Conquer 3. I want that to be true. <laughs> you see, when, when you started saying that, I heard Westwood. And thought, oh, oh, that's great. They put Tim Westwood in it, and there's a dedicated <laughs> R&B channel in your TIE Fighter cockpit. Can you imagine that'd be brilliant? <laughs> I'm in Kashik. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay. That's enough. Just EA, stop. Just stop changing things so we can put this out. Thank well, you that, very much. That'd be do. lovely if you did. All right, perfect. And don't forget, if you want to win a copy of Farming Simulator on the Switch, then just let us know the best way we can grow our podcast and the uh, the best response that we get will will win that okay so that's that love it or loathe it whether you're going to get it or not you can buy the game and not agree with the with the policy on hero unlocks or loot boxes just don't buy into it and if you feel that strongly about it that you want to boycott it boycott it because it does send a message yeah yeah it does if you want to <laughs> I'm always scared to do this. If you want to comment, if you want to let us know how you feel, then tweet us at Codec Moments. Definitely at Codec Moments. Not at Clinical Andy. We've got a Facebook page <laughs> where you can put some very detailed thoughts um, down, um, which Andy curates. So, yeah, don't leave him out of this. And, uh, right. yeah, we're looking, forward to, we're looking forward to hearing what you guys think. All right. Well, okay, until next time, thanks very much. Bye. Bye. Bye.